With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of Between the Links. The iconic voice is back. We didn't have her last week, just in podcast form. It's always good to hear her voice. Thank you for checking out the program live or after the fact here on YouTube or on the podcast network on this Thursday. Some fun topics to discuss, some fun panelists to discuss those topics with. So let's introduce them first. He's BTL's Woody Page. He's Mr. No Gray Area, the co-host of No Bets Bard. And he's also the man behind the new podcast on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Damn, they were good. It just launched discussing the incredible career of one Carlos Condit. Let's say hello once again to Mr. Jed Mishu. Jed, how are you, sir? Mike, I told you. I told you when I was going to be full-time. I'm coming for your job. Nobody else's. I'm going to be king of these airwaves. I got two pods down. Maybe I'll have more. I might. Maybe I'll get five, six. Maybe I'll take this one from you. I'm coming for you, Mike. Terrence McKinney's just in the way right now. Well, I think Terrence McKinney might have the first shutout in the history of the program now. Jed kind of dropped dropped the name here because originally, if you listened to Heck of a Morning this morning, it was revealed that Jed was going to face Billy Corintillo today. Unfortunately, that is no longer the case. He had to cancel, luckily, and shout out to the PR king himself, Ed Cap. He made some moves, made some calls. We got ourselves a tremendous short-notice replacement. He's a UFC fighter, one of the bright prospects in the lightweight division. What a run he has had in the UFC. A seven-second knockout, first-round submission earlier this year, and then he is in the running for sure for the round of the year in a short-notice fight with Drew Dober. He returns to action August 6th to face Eric Gonzalez. Let us welcome Mr. Short Notice himself, Mr. T-Rex, Terrence <laughs> McKinney to the program. Terrence, how are I'm you, so and bad. are you ready to- are you ready to give your guy Michael Chiesa a run for his money from the analyst side of things? All right, let's do it. That's what we like to hear. It's great to have you both here, even you, Jed. But let's begin with this past weekend and start with UFC Vegas 54 because Jan Blachowicz, the former champion, gets back in the win column, Jed Mishu. It wasn't ideal how the fight ended, but like I tell teammates in softball when they hit a little blooper or they full swing bunts down the third baseline, it's going in the box scores, it's going in the newspaper as as a screaming line drive over the second baseman's head. Not a little number that went 16 feet. So in the history books, Jed Mishu, it's a third round TKO win for Jan Blachowicz. It was a solid start to the fight for the man you like to call Yanni Blocko. Second round got a little dicey, but in the end, Jan got his hand raised. So what did you think of Jan's performance, his first since losing the belts to Glover Teixeira? Look, Mike, you're right, you know. Uh, 
in the in the in the history books there are no pictures you know they don't ask how they ask how many and for all intents and purposes yanni blocko got the dub he apparently set himself up for potentially a light heavyweight title shot which i you know that's a possibility i thought coming into that fight if he wins and uh i'm gonna say something you're gonna hate mike if if yiri wins you know, I could see them doing Jan Yiri, but I did not think that if Glover beats Yiri, which you have been espousing so aggressively, that they would run that back. But apparently both dudes are interested in it. So maybe maybe that kind of – I'm going to call it a lackluster win because it's – you know, he won the fight. It, it counts. It, it's a dub on the record. He got the two paychecks, did everything he needed to do. At the same time, he wasn't really the author of of his fate in that thing. <laughs> you know, just – Sometimes these things happen. And so uh, at the end of the day, he did the important thing. You know, he got the win. He's moving on. He might fight for a title. It was a great Saturday night for Yanni Blocko. I also thought he looked good. You know, I thought that first round was a competitive round, but that he won. Um, I think it was very clear to me watching that fight that uh, the style matchup was just so different with, with Glover because he was throwing a lot of kicks. He barely threw kicks at Glover. Obviously, he was concerned about the takedown. and as as we kind of saw there there's reason for him to have that concern but I, I thought he looked good you know i i had a bet on alexander rakic i still felt pretty confident with my bet going into that third round but you know this is the way the cookie crumbles sometimes so uh still a solid night for jan blahovich and i'm not opposed to seeing him fight for a title again if that's what happens Terrence, your thoughts on Blahovich's performance on Saturday? He closed the show, wasn't ideal, but in the end, he got his hand raised. Yeah, um, he was active. It was a, like you said, it was a very close fight. He was competitive on both sides. I would have liked to see it play out two or the five rounds, but I don't think it's gonna give him a title shot because it was very. Uh, it was it was like it could have been a previous injury and he just came to fight, you know? So like, there's so many questions like about like how his knee was. So there's no way we can give him a title fight when it, when it like his, basically his body just shut down on him. It wasn't like something he could control. Now, Terrence, you say no way he gets a title fight. Glover Teixeira tweets out Saturday before the event, something to the effect of, and Jed alluded to this, hey, Jan, if you win and I win on June 11th, which by the way, he's going to against Yuri Prohashka, let's run it back. And Jan does his part. Officially, it's a win. You don't think it's enough to get him a title shot. What else does he need to do? So if Glover wins, it's not him. Are we waiting to see what happens with Ankalaev and Anthony Smith before we make that decision? Or what do you think happens here? What else does, does Jan need to do? Well, if if Glover wins, well, I don't think he is, but I think he's a great dude. But I think Jerry's just a, a killer, man. He's like the scariest dude ever. So I got him winning by KO. And then um, I think they would have to run it back either way. If, if, if Glover wins, they will run it back. And if he loses, they, I think they still have to run it back. And then winner gets a title shot. Jed, how would you do it? How would you lay this out? You said maybe he might have earned a title shot, but if you had the mighty pencil, how are we booking this light heavyweight division? Of course, we need to see what happens June 11th. That's the next step. But where does Blahovich fit into this, into this situation for you? I think he needs another win. I thought he needed another win coming into that fight because to me, I think the obvious choice uh, for who gets the next title fight should be the winner of Anthony Smith versus Magomed Ankalaev. I have been on the record. I think Ankalaev is probably the actual best light heavyweight in the world if it's not Yuri. Um, and, you know, I'd like to see him get his opportunity. Uh, arguably, he should deserve it anyway, having beaten Tiago Santos. But that fight was just so bad that nobody is mad that he didn't get a title fight off of it. Um, I assume Anthony Smith will be a more compelling, more interesting match. And if Anthony Smith wins, uh, I think that's a remarkable fight. You can just kind of run run that one right back. And if Ankalaev wins, that to me, he's the clear-cut number one contender in the division. Last thing, Jed. And we've seen during these fight night cards that – when, when the main event ends, the guy who wins is typically the, the guy we're talking about, the MVP of the event. And yeah, we're talking about Jan Bohovich, but not in the context that he would like to be talked about. He would want to be talked about as, hey, knocked out Alexander Rakic in the first round. Let's give this man a title shot. But he's not the MVP of this card. 
So who was the MVP of this card for you? Who, whose performance shone the brightest for you this past Saturday and why? I mean, I think it's got to be Davy Grant, right? You know, a bunch of other people had really good performances, but frankly, I think Davy Grant and Louis Schmoker got robbed of fight of the night. No disrespect to Caitlin Chukagian and Amanda Hebos. Amanda Hebos is actually probably the correct answer because she found a way to make Caitlin Chukagian fun to watch, which I would have said was impossible. I would have just said, yeah, that that will never be fight of the night ever. It's not possible for that to do, and yet, yet somehow they pulled that off. So that's probably the true answer. But for me, David Grant gave you the most bang for your buck on Saturday for sure. I mean, he got the performance bonus for the KO of Lewis Mocha, tremendous KO. And before that, it was just a hell of a scrap, you know, um, which you – all credit to you, Mike. You predict, correctly predicted – that it would be a double bonus night for him. I mean, you were incorrect, but you should have been correct, and that's what counts. I agree. Terrence, you're a man who creates violence. You enjoy watching violence, I'm sure. Is Davey Grant your guy, or did somebody else stand out to you? Uh, For me, I was very happy for um, Michael Johnson, just for him to come back, bounce back like that, and get the KO. Um, I think that was huge. I I loved it. Clean KO. I think it... I think a Terrence McKinney-Michael Johnson fight would be a, a lot of fun to watch someday. What say you? That would be a banger for sure. Absolutely. Well, the UFC is, is back again this Saturday, and that's how we're going to end regulation this week. But there's another event this past weekend and another tough watch for a championship main event for that event. And that's where we're going next. The points for round one goes to... A much more respectful Terrence McKinney. It is one to nothing. He's not trying to take my job like Jed Mishu is. is, I think it's respectful to to let you know, hey, Mike, this is a thing that's happening. Be aware instead of me just kind of hamstringing you without you knowing. Well, I mean, you can't take my job when you get shut out on this program. No one's ever been (laughs) that before, and that's, that's a record you don't want, but... By the way, if you're new to the program, these points are just fun transitional periods in the show. You, the listeners, the live studio audience, you will be the decision makers. There will be a poll coming up where you can vote for either Jed Bishu or Terrence McKinney. But let's move on to round two. And Terrence, we're going to begin with you. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. 
We'll start with you because Bellator 281 took place in London. We had a pretty solid event overall, some great moments, but the show closes with a bit of a snoozer. Let's be honest. Logan Storley defeats Michael Venom Page. It was a split decision. The Twitter scorecards were all over the place. Very rarely do you see Twitter just get so steamed and fired up. And then like 15 minutes later, it just fizzles out and nobody mentions it again. But some believed, Terrence, that the result was correct, that Storley deserved to win. Most people feel that Michael Venom Page actually won the fight because he inflicted some damage and tried to do anything, really. So I know robbery is an overused term by fans of the sport, T-Rex. But was MVP robbed on Friday? Was he robbed? Um, uh, I don't think he was robbed. Um, it was super boring though. Logan did what he needed to do. Um, so, but yeah, he did what he had to wrestle him. Obviously, the dude's a season striker, so it was a no-brainer just to keep taking him down. So, congrats to him. Did you score for Storley? Did you score for Page? <sighs> I honestly didn't watch it all the way through. I watched it like the first like, <laughs> three rounds or something. <laughs> you, you figured it. You figured it out after the third round. I, okay, this is, this is what we're I, getting for the next ten minutes. I already know what's about to happen in the next ten minutes. <laughs> Jed, Jed, what say you? I, I know. I kind of know where you're going with this, but I, I love to hear your thoughts on this stuff. Anyway, MVP robbed in your eyes on Friday. Did he deserve to win that fight? I mean, sure. Technically, yes, because he probably should have won, and that would matter a lot to his. Because he lost a lot by losing. You know, he's not the champion. He doesn't get whatever bennies uh, that Bellator gives to their champions. He, uh, you know, probably probably was robbed. And he probably lost. But also, it's not like if all things are on a spectrum, right? And this is from the man of no gray area, but everything exists on a spectrum. And so for the spectrum of, you know, um, who did Chase Beebe get like stupidly robbed against? I'll think of that in a little bit. But we're going, you know, one to ten. This is very low on the spectrum because as Terrence correctly identified, this fight blew and no one cares because it happened in an organization that's impossible to watch because it doesn't show up on a real programming network. Um, and again, if I didn't say it before, this fight was terrible. And also, while I agree, and I know that Casey is firmly in the corner of MVP won the fight, he didn't do a lot either. Like, I'm not saying Logan Storley did anything because he did not. And his quote about why didn't you stop me is hilariously like, not understanding of things why didn't you stop what i was doing on top holding it's very difficult to stop a man holding you so it was just not a good fight but it takes two to have a crappy fight like we said this when carlos bars and rosanna Hunis fought like it takes two to do that it took logan storley holding on for dear life and it took michael venom page who's been a professional fist fighter in cages for well over a decade and still does not know how to separate a grip and, and clear like it's just he just can't do it it's not part of him so it's everyone's fault nobody succeeded here and i didn't feel the least bit bad for michael venom page because like you could have done more. You could have done things against the guy who was literally doing nothing. So sure, it's a robbery in that he still probably deserved to win. But it's also not a robbery because no one cares. And, you know, that's okay. Sometimes it can just be a bad fight and we can just move on from it. And everybody in MMA has done well here. We've all said that was bad. Moving on to the next thing because we don't care, actually. And that's the correct response to this. Bad decision. Oh, well, moving on. Is the bigger story here, Jed, the decision of the judges or the decision of Bellator and its matchmakers to actually book this fight? Because Paige fighting Yaroslav Amosov, let's be honest, was probably going to look a lot worse than what we saw on Friday. Amosov was out. You could have got a number of ways with this one. You could have done Paige against literally anybody else here in London, and it would have gone over better. He probably would have won. He probably would have got a finish. He would have got a huge ovation, and the taste in everybody's mouths after this event would have been much sweeter had had Bellator gone this direction. So is the judging here the real story or the actual booking of this fight the real story? 
there are no real stories because this is awful and no one cares. But insofar as we're going to pretend there are, I would love if I'm sure this won't happen. But there's a clip in our archive of me saying this exact thing to you when you broke the news to me that this was a thing that was happening. Because I think it was on this program and you're like, Jed, I'm going to blow your mind. Guess what Bellator is doing? And I had a minor mental breakdown because it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And lo and behold, I was dead correct. Now, that is not some bit of tremendous prescience. Anyone with a pulse and a relative knowledge of the sport would have been like, yeah, that's the most likely outcome is that that fight sucks and it's Logan Storley holding him for a while. Uh, but still, this was incredibly dumb. And the the only story to me coming out of, Bell, out of Bellator, whatever it was, frankly, do not remember the number, uh, is Scott Coker being mad about it because I think that that is – incredibly funny that Scott Coker who does not normally throw fighters under the bus. He is not Dana White where he will just excoriate whoever because he feels like it or, or whatever he will normally be like, well, you know, Logan Storley, all American wrestler. It was a tough fight to call and but you know, we're going to move on and we get to do the rematch Storley Amosov. That was a fight that happened. I promised you people watching this, you didn't watch it cause it sucked, but that was a fist fight that did occur. Um, Delo unlocked on Logan Storley's record. And normally, Scott Coker would be like, we can build this, right? Like, this is the lone loss on this this prospect's record against our current champion. They both have titles, unification. There's a story to tell here. There's a narrative at play. But instead, Scott was like, that fight sucked, and the decision was wrong because mostly he was just mad at the judges that they did not prove him any smarter than we thought. Because if he had if he had been right and MVP had won and styled on him, then Scott Coker just big brained us all, and that's tremendous. But instead, it was what the world thought would happen, what he put into play, and he's now trying to pass the buck on somebody else, and it's bad. No, this is on you, my guy. You did a bad job of promotion, and you get to reap the benefits. So don't throw your new champion under the bus because you made a very very obviously poor decision, and it didn't work out for you. Terrence, um, I'm not going to ask you to like crap on Bellator or anything because you're a UFC fighter, <laughs> but you watched, you watched three rounds of this and then you were like, okay, I get it. Yeah, you obviously it, like tuned, you obviously tuned into it though. Were you like at least fascinated? Were you intrigued by the fight or you just, I was just, just like, I, was I just like have like nothing thinking. to do on a Friday and I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I just like to watch fights when I ain't doing nothing if I'm bored or something. I, th- I was, I was hoping he'd do something flashy, like a flying knee or something. But MVP, when he's on bottom, he just hold their wrist and do nothing too. So like, like, like you said, man, it was awful. Should he come see you and you can help him with that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, he should have already been training. Like, you know what your ass at? So go wrestle. <laughs> go grappling. <laughs> Last thing, I, I do want to give some. I do. I do want to give some shine to a good moment on this card, Terrence. I'll start with you. Paul Daly ended his career with a thunderous knockout after it looked like more bad matchmaking was done in Paul Daly's final fight. We want Paul Daly to go out with a bang. They throw him in there with the grappler, kept taking him down, but luckily Semtex just said, "To hell with this! I'm done with this. I'm just going to knock this dude out." And that's exactly what he did. He puts a bow on a on a legendary run in ferocious fashion. So. Any thoughts on Paul Daly in the sport as a fan that that you may want to share? Any any Paul Daly moments stick out? Yes, man. This dude was a nasty knockout artist. Um, like you said, he he done it all fighting UFC Bellator, and he showed that he can compete with the best in the world and put him out. Jed seems like Paul Daly could be a fun journey to go on for this new podcast. Would he not? What did you think of his final fight? or potentially his final fight. Yeah, that's the the big key here is I have no confidence that this is his final fight. Um if it I mean at some point we will talk about him on Damn They Were Good, but we're going to we're going to let that one that one marinate for a little bit cuz I think there's very much a world where he comes back. I do want to address something you said earlier though, which was that this looked like it was bad matchmaking. Incorrect. This was bad matchmaking. It just didn't bite him in the ass like it did with the main event. You it's Paul Daly. We know what we're doing here. Like, Bellator, you don't have to pretend to be a real organization because you're not, and nobody thinks you are, and that's fine. You used to steer into the skid, and you would do dumb Kimbo versus Ken Shamrock fights that were horrible but awesome, and so it ruled. And, like, that was fine. Just do that. 
dig up Jonathan Goulet and have him fight Paul Daly first. Like, I don't care. Give me the thing I want. Satisfy my nostalgia button by giving me a savage KO. We got one, but it really looked like we weren't going to get one. And that would have just been the capper on what has been a tremendously underwhelming year for Bellator thus far. So, like, yeah, I just, this wasn't good matchmaking. It was bad matchmaking that worked out. And, but you're right. This was the best moment of the card. Um, frankly, I part of the reason I was so like, I don't really know why you're doing this with MVP is like, this could have just been an awesome main event for London. Everyone would have been stoked and been fine. Like if you ended the night on that, I think it would have been a great evening and nobody would have left unsatisfied. And instead we got a couple more fights. And so it was just kind of weird. But, you know, at least they did have one high water mark. Well, we had a buggy choke too. That was pretty cool. That what? Who did that? See, that's the that? problem. I don't remember. It was Oliver Oncom. That's yeah, right. that's what it was. <laughs> that's who it was. Yep. That's who it was. Yep. I mean, yep. yeah, that's great cool. moment. That was very cool. Very cool. So, okay, let's put a bow in Bellator 281. They're back June 24th. Gegard Busasi versus Johnny Eblen. So hopefully we get ourselves a better title fight than the last two we've had. The point for round two goes to... Uh, Jed Mishu. It's one-to-one. Thought I was getting blanked, Mike. What happened? Yeah, I got to be fair. I'm ready, for, I'm ready for the fifth round comeback. I'm not afraid. It hurt my feelings, but uh, let's head to a man that Terrence McKinney will hope to share the octagon with someday before it's all said and done. Let's talk about Dustin Poirier, Jed Bichu, because Dustin Poirier is a man who asks for very little, right? He shows up, he fights, he does his thing, and he goes home to his family. And now he's not asking for title shots. He's not asking to make $30 billion. He's just asking to fight somebody on July 30th at UFC 277. It could be Nate, could be Colby, it could be anyone at 155 that makes sense. It could be somebody at 170 that would just be a fun fight. The man just wants to fight Jed Mishu. So in your opinion, we'll we'll talk about potential opponents. Now, you know what? Screw it. We'll do it right now. Will he get what he wants? <laughs> Will he fight no. July 30th? And if so, we're you're putting on your UFC hat now. Who would the UFC offer him in this situation if they were to put him on this card? What's, what are we, May 19th? I'm going to say that he'll get to fight July 30th, though I think that's quickly becoming questionable. Um, he's not going to get what he wants, though, because what he wants is Nate Diaz. And for the life of me, it appears that the UFC is willing to die on the hill of boning Nate Diaz because they refuse to just let him leave. Um, so, you know, that's great, but, uh, which is dumb because Poirier and Nate Diaz makes sense as a fight in some regards, certainly. Um, I, it's not going to be Colby Covington just because Colby Covington allegedly has brain injury from allegedly getting punched by Jorge Masvidal, which is allegedly ridiculous. Um, sorry, that's just actually ridiculous. Didn't need the allegedly that time. Um, so Colby's not going to be fighting because he's really good at shooting himself in the foot it would appear um so yeah there's not like the fight that the fight that i hate but that makes the most sense is michael chandler and i know michael chandler has said that he forgot about dustin poirier and he was mean to me when he came to the ufc and so i don't want to fight him because i'm all up in my feelings and let me go lick dana's boots real fast uh He's full of garbage and would absolutely take that fight if offered because if he beats Dustin Poirier, especially coming off the win over Tony Ferguson, that locks him into a title shot. I think that that probably gets him into a title shot next. So um, also, if you couldn't tell, I'm back on the Michael Chandler sucks, sucks wagon. I should have never left. I was driving that train forever. You talked me out of it. I'm back on, baby. Um, so yeah, that's – did Did you see the quotes from him this this week about but the maybe UFC. you know i did but maybe the people watching didn't so go well, i don't have the quotes in front of me but um <laughs> the to paraphrase it michael chandler's tongue is actually the the bottom of dana white's shoes those two things are have a symbiotic relationship it is an unbelievable quote about how fighters don't deserve more money because dana slept had sleepless nights or something insane 
um, despite the fact that UFC fighters get paid a pittance of what they deserve and don't make nearly the amount of the revenue that the UFC generates, which is, we've talked about it a billion times, just a huge shame. So all the way back on board my I don't like Michael Chandler train and choo-choo, let's keep going. But for me, that's still... I hate that fight outside of my feelings just because that's just turning over the same five dudes at the top of the division. Like division should be staircases, right? You should have people going up and down and there should be movement. It shouldn't just be like, well, we're in this top tier. So the five of us are going to fight and no one can break into it except for with a 10 fight win streak, like is Makachev, you know, like I would like to see Dustin Poirier or Michael Chandler fight somebody down, you know, at the, at the back end of the top 10, give, I know uh, Fazeev is fighting Dos Anjos, right? Like, so, but something like that. Give Armin Sarukian a shot at some of the bigger names. Do something like that, even though I know Sarukian's fighting Gamrot. But instead, they're probably just going to do that, which then, like I said, probably reruns the winner of that fight right back in towards a title fight, which is lame. Like, 155 is one of, I say it's the deepest, best division in the sport. I'd like to see more new things happen at the top of it instead of the same seven dudes fight in a circle and nobody else gets to play. Terrence, there you go. There you go. Terrence, you're a fan. You're going to be watching Maybe Who knows? Maybe you'll find a way on that card. You can fight back to back weeks or something like that. So will we watch Dustin Poirier fight somebody July 30th? And if so, who do you think the UFC will offer him? Oh, we mute. You think you're muted. Jed, while we, while we wait for Terrence, let me ask you this, because someone brought this up on heck of a morning on Tuesday, and it was something I didn't really think about, because Dustin Poirier went on Ariel's show, and he said, just give me anybody 155. It has to make sense. We have this crazy cluster going on at the top of the division at 155 with Charles Oliveira, with who's going to fight Charles Oliveira. Is it going to be Makachev? Do they do Makachev versus Dariush? And someone suggested, if Dustin's looking for a fight, and the knock on Makachev is he doesn't have a top five win. Why doesn't Makachev just raise his hand and fight Dustin Poirier? Because yeah, it's a little sooner than he would have hoped, but you would think that he would be heavily favored in a fight with Dustin Poirier and that checks off all the boxes and it eliminates everybody else from the conversation. So is this something that would make sense in your eyes? Like Islam just says, you know what, Dustin, you want to fight July 30th? Screw it. I'll fight you. It makes sense. I think my read on that is that Habib and company believe that they are going to get the title shot. So they are, I mean, he just spoke with ESPN. I just wrote that up for the site like 30 minutes ago. Um, and Habib makes a compelling case for the fight that I think makes the most sense, frankly, for the lightweight title. Um, and I think they think that they can get it. And so they are not going to risk losing it or risk, you know, all the other things that can happen with taking a fight with Dustin Poirier. Cause sure. Super advanced. Like I would say he's wildly advantaged and probably wins that fight pretty handily, but Dustin Poirier is Dustin freaking Poirier and he can lose. He can get hurt. He can just get injured, like doing anything, you know, um, in the fight, in the build up to the fight. And that can derail him, you know, potentially another year plus to getting towards the title that, I think he should have. So my my sense is that they don't believe the UFC is going to stick to having him fight Benil Dariush in October just because there isn't a clear-cut guy for Oliveira to fight for the vacant title. And if they were waiting for that fight to deliver one, it's just not great. So I agree. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a bad choice. And I think that that is probably the best probably their best thing but i think they are just gonna go all in on hey man just give us the freaking title fight we did this with habib it was stupid just let just let me fight for the freaking title terrence i believe you're back yes sir can you hear me now there he is the melodious tone (laughs) so back to the question i asked you before will dustin fight july 30th and if so if you were the matchmaker here who would you book him against besides yourself of course Uh, That'd be dope to see him fight Michael Chandler. I would love that fight. And if Long, is Islam, Islam wouldn't take that fight, I don't think. Not a short notice. He's, he's not the kind of guy to take a short notice fight. They're very strategic and calculated with their picks. 
So I mean, he just fought Bobby Green on less than a week's notice. I mean, he was already training, but still, yeah, I mean, that's ten what weeks saying. away. He was already in like camp, so it was a little bit different. Fair enough. Uh, last thing on this, Jed, I'll go back to you, and then I'll go back to Terrence because Poirier mentioned a name. We've we've alluded to it. He did mention on the MMAR Colby Covington, and you mentioned reasons why this fight probably wouldn't happen, but. If none of that, none of these things were going on in the courtroom with Mazadal and all that stuff, it would make perfect sense because Colby called for him. Poirier said, nah, we're not doing that. You're not making any money off of my name. And he's just like, nah, I want to fight anybody. I'll even fight Colby. How did you react to that call out? Especially with everything going on with Mazadal. I'm sure he's privy to all of this. Were you surprised by this? I was. To me, that that was the interesting part of the call out. Not that he was willing to fight Covington. But to me, that shows kind of just how frustrated he is and really like, I don't know what the hell the UFC is doing. It's Dustin Poirier. Put him in against somebody. It's not that hard. Like that dude's bangers every time. Like he's he is hot shit every time out and he's the number two dude in the world. Like just give him a freaking fight. I know he wants Nate and you guys aren't going to do that because you're assholes. That's fine. Just give him somebody. And the fact that you are just like not being like, hey, here's a list of dudes. Let's make this happen to the point where he feels compelled to say, I'll even fight this dude that I I do. He says he doesn't hate him, but that's because he doesn't understand what the word hate means that I hate. Um, like that's that that feels it's one of those things where like if you're in an office and your coworker starts feeling that way, that is an indictment of management and leadership. Like somebody shouldn't feel compelled to do a thing they don't like when as a result of not being allowed to do their job, basically. Like that's insane. Like he wants to fight. He is a fighter. He's one of the biggest stars in the promotion. He hasn't fought since December. Book the dude a fight. Just give him somebody. It doesn't have to be Nate. You don't have to hold on for Dustin Connor four or whatever weird asinine plans you have just put him in against a human being who fist fights other people because i will tune in and watch and so will five hundred thousand other people terrence are you surprised dustin mentioned colby covington's name with the history those two guys have yeah that was very surprising but i was kind of happy he did because i honestly want to see that fight and i think uh it's gonna be a lot closer than people think how so? What do you think? What, why do you think it'll be so close? Because um, Dustin's Dustin's nice with the hands, and he got some some pretty underrated jujitsu. So like, um, I can see him cracking him a few times, and he just knows how to put it together. Like honestly, I can even see him winning. Oh damn! Yeah, maybe you could have maybe you could have Terrence on no bets barred. Jed didn't get a, <laughs> get a fighter's perspective if they ever put that fight together. I mean, listen, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we get Poirier back in there in Dallas at UFC 277. They should just do the Nate fight, but I don't know. What do I know? Um, all I know is that there's more MMA to watch over the next couple of days. The point for round three goes to... The surging Jed Mishu. It's two to one. I was cut out. I didn't get to do the whole round. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's that's a problem. That's the problem. You probably had you, you probably had more sizzle to the steak, but unfortunately, we had, we had some technical difficulties. But uh, again, speaking of uh, technical stuff, look for the poll to eventually come. I don't know if it's there yet uh, to cast your vote at the end of this thing, so we can figure out who wins, whether it's Jed or Terrence McKinney. Now this weekend, Saturday, the UFC is back. UFC Vegas 55. We got Holly Holm. In the main event, first fight in quite some time. She faces Caitlin Vieira. We have Santiago Ponzinibbio versus Michelle Pajeda. And nine more fights on the docket. So, Terrence, you are a big fan. You'll be watching. Your tweets will probably be on the broadcast more than ten times. So we'll begin with you. <laughs> your excitement levels for Saturday's card. What stands out to you? Uh, I'm just excited for Holly Holmes to be out there i'm actually a huge fan i just i just love her work that dig and she just knows how to just be a warrior you know and i i always see her like progressing like last fight she was wrestling like she's always getting better so i'm excited to see what she shows the fans jed what do you think of saturday's offering as a whole we'll dive in a little bit deeper into storylines for the main event in a moment but Top to bottom, everything going on Saturday. What, what do you think of the of the entire slate here? 
I mean, this is this is A plus throwaway weekend MMA card. Like this is exactly where you want to do it. We got a tight eleven fights, very simple. Uh, start times at four, I think. So we're going to be out of here by ten Eastern um, at the latest. Uh, you've got a main event that matters. You've got a number of kind of ranked or in that neighborhood of ranked fighters. Almost all the matchups are competitive. Uh, most people have Wikipedia pages, though you know several don't, but most of them do. This is this is a solid B to B plus card. Like these these are the meat and potato cards that you're supposed to have. Just like last week would have been if it didn't start at midnight or whatever ungodly hour they kicked that card off at. Um, I go to the pharmacy um, off of Nevada. Mike, you're now, Mike. You are now the muted one. Yeah. That's oh right. no! See, I was testing you guys. I was testing you guys. <laughs> and, I was uh, about to take your show from you. Just <laughs> some background noise, and I wanted to make sure nobody heard it. But uh, what I was saying, and you probably read my 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 lips there. Uh, every time Holly Holm fights, there seems to be some hope that a win will get her a title shot. She could be on a five-fight losing streak, but she could find her way into a title fight every time she competes, no matter where she is in her career. Now, with this division being what it is right now, with Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes about to do it again at some point this year, maybe this summer, could this fight on Saturday, Jed, be a title eliminator? Is there a chance the winner of this fight gets a title shot next, especially if Juliana Pena wins again? If Julian Pena wins again, I would say almost for sure the winner is going to get a title. Well, actually, let me take that back. If Pena wins and Holm wins, I think that's about as close to a lock as as you'll get in these uh, circumstances. Um, they haven't fought unless I'm, I'm about to pull this up to make sure because I don't think they no, fought, they right? Haven't, they haven't. Yeah, Holm and Pena haven't fought. Um, she's Holm is the number – two or three, something like one of the top three people in that division, according to the UFC. She's a huge name, like all the, all the litany of reasons that that fight will happen. If Pena wins and Vieira wins, uh, I'm going to say Vieira doesn't get a title fight. Cause I think if that happens, it's Chevy truck time. We're going to just move Valentina right on up to get that second belt while she makes her carves a path up to the third belt. She can be the first ever triple champ, Come at me, Henry Cejudo. You ain't the goat of combat sports. It's it's the Chevy truck. It's the bullet train. Valentina Shevchenko is about to take over the world this year. So that is my pick for if if Vieira upsets home this weekend. Interesting point about Shevchenko. What say you, Terrence? Let's just say Juliana Pena beats Nunes a second time. Does the winner of this fight, whether it be home or Vieira, do they get the next title shot? Or maybe Shevchenko scoots past both of them if she beats tyler santos on june 11th um it's um i think no matter what uh if juliana pina wins i i bet i bet she fights valentina because uh they fought already and i'm pretty sure she, what did she get she got armbarred right she did yeah and i saw i know she wants that one back but but if holly holmes win like that matchup, I think, will put her in the title shot. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing a fight they haven't fought yet. So it just makes a whole lot of sense if either of those people win in the finals. Five, two, zero. Last thing, we also have the return of Eagle FC tomorrow. And for those who are wondering, there is good news, okay? Because the commentary team will be Cyrus Fees, Chael P. Sonnen, and Henry Cejudo will be back behind the microphone, okay. which means this is going to be a fun time. It is going to be a great time. We might have to go on Twitter spaces for this just to uh, just to have some fun like we normally do. But Eagle FC is back tomorrow, Eagle FC 47. Terrence, we have Junior Dos Santos versus Jorgen DeCastro in the main event. Hector Lombard versus Tiago Silva is an actual MMA fight in 2022 we are going to see in a little over 24 hours from right now. We will see Maki Patolo, Andrew Sanchez, Sean Soriano, Bellator's Islam Mabedev, and other notable names on this card. So you are a fan. You like to watch fights, Terrence. Will you be experiencing Eagle FC 47 live tomorrow? I'm definitely going to watch it live. And I think uh, what Khabib's doing for the fighters and giving them a chance to actually make the money they deserve is just huge for the fight community. So I'm excited, and I'm going to support Eagle FC 110%. 
There you go. Uh, what do you think of Henry Cejudo's commentary, Terrence? Are you a fan of it? Does it does it enhance the broadcast experience for you? It's like 50-50 for me. <laughs> <laughs> Jed, your excitement levels for this card. How are you feeling about Eagle FC 47 tomorrow? Are you, if you have the night off, are you going to, uh, to stay home and watch this event? My excitement levels? Um... If I'm, a, I'll probably end up watching it just because I don't know what else am I gonna do on a Friday night. I'm, I'm old. I don't do stuff anymore. Um, and there are worse ways to spend your time. But my my feelings are exactly like the last time we talked about it. The two main fights don't make any sense. Like, why are we doing these? These are these are obvious placeholders to the fights that should be happening. So it's just dumb. Like Junior Dos Santos doesn't need to fight Jorgen Castro. Just put him in against Brisbane. Riz, Rizvan, Rizvan, Kunia, the, the 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 dude, the Russian heavyweight champion, put him in. The dude who has like one loss his whole career. Just make that fight. Like that's the fight you're supposed to make. You don't need to build this up. Hector Lombard should be fighting Tyron Woodley. I don't know why. I don't know why he's fighting Tiago Silva. I frankly didn't know Tiago Silva was still competing. I don't know that I feel good that Tiago Silva is still competing. Also, Hector Lombard was a welterweight. Tiago Silva has been a career light heavyweight. So I don't know. A lot of things at play here. When instead he could just be fighting Tyron Woodley because they almost got into a fist fight before. So like I don't – it's fine. Like these aren't awful fights. It is – I'm sure it will be entertaining. I am confident that I won't enjoy Henry Cejudo's commentary. I'm not a huge Chael P guy either. So tough look on the production side of things. But, you know. It's a Friday night. Worst things can happen to you. There you go. Uh, by the way, for those wondering, Tiago Silva's last fight three years ago today. No, three years ago yesterday uh, against Martin Zawada at KSW 49. Lost a unanimous decision. So it's been so three years since he's fought. You're telling me Habib can get Tiago Silva out of three years, but Scotty freaking Cokes can't pull Jonathan Goulet out of whatever the hell he's doing <laughs> to just go get murked by Paul Daly? the shit are we doing here people this is not hard well there you go so that is regulation the point for round four goes to i'm in a positive mood so i'm going to go to the positivity train and we're going to take a ride with terrence mckinney yes it's two to two All right, so the poll is probably up by now. I'm not paying attention, but it's probably up by now. So get ready to cast your vote. This is time for the knockout round. Each individual here is going to get one question. They don't know what it is, but we're going to play a fun game with this question. They will each have 60 seconds to present their argument. And in the end, we will let the votes compile, and we will go ahead and announce the winner right after that. So Jed, you are the man. You have the prerogative here. What would you like to do before I explain what this game is? I'll go first. Screw it. Why not? Let's be adventurous. All right. Jed's going to go first. We're going to play Terrence a new game never called. Done this before. Let's give him an advantage. There we go. <laughs> we're going to play man. a new game called. There you go. I love the teamwork here, the camaraderie. The new game is called Is He Right? Is He Right? The person in question is Habib Nurmagomedov. And we have three choices. You could choose one, two, or three to reveal something that Habib has said in the last few days. And you have 60 seconds to respond as to whether or not he is right or he believes in what he is actually saying and explain why you believe he is right or why he is wrong. So option one, option two, option three. They're all on the table for you, Jed. What would you like to go? Hmm. Number three, my lord. Number three. All right. Option three. Habib Nurmagomedov said this week, that if Junior Dos Santos defeats Jorgen De Castro tomorrow night in the main event of Eagle FC 47, he wants to be a part of putting together a legends fight in the heavyweight division between Junior Dos Santos and Fedor Emelianenko, saying, quote, if Dos Santos wins, I really want to make Dos Santos versus Fedor. He has to focus on Jorgen next because Friday has a tough opponent. He has to stay focused, but I want to talk to my friend Scott Coker because Fedor is under Bellator contract. I don't know what they're going to do next with him, but definitely we can talk. We can create some good stories. So is he right, Jed? Is the fight to make JDS versus Fedor for Fedor's final fight if JDS defeats Jorgen De Castro tomorrow? 
One minute on the clock. Your time starts now. By and large, he's correct. Layers here. But one, he's incorrect in saying that JDS needs to focus on Jorgen DeCastro as a tough opponent. He does not. He does not have a tough opponent, does not need to focus on him. He's going to win that fight. He is right that that fight is is great. I thought when JDS was a free agent, he was going to end up with Bellator because that just made all the sense in the world. But as we've seen the last few months, Scotty Cokes deciding he's going to be bad at promoting and have short you know, alligator arms with the purse because he didn't get Caleb Harrison. He didn't get JDS. He's, he's not getting the fighters to make the fights that would matter for him. But... If he cannot pay that man and get co-promotion going, I've long said co-promotion makes sense because really no other organization has a totality of fighters that, that can build infinite captivating fights like this. Do it. This is a great one. I do have some concerns that what we talked about earlier that I just want to see Fredo do the damn thing and he might not against JDS, so maybe that's not the best retirement fight. Maybe just get the corpse of somebody out there for him to bolt, but if this is a way to go out, it's a really strong ending. Okay, there's Jed Mishu's answer. Terrence, you have two choices. You could choose door number one or door number two. And I will explain to you the quote and what he said, and you will give your response at saying if he's right or not. Do you want number one or number two? Let's go with door number one. Go with door number one. By the way, door number two was Tony Fer- the potential of Tony Ferguson and Habib as coaches of the Ultimate Fighter. Option one, however, Terrence, and this has to do with your division, so this might actually work out for you. Talking to ESPN, Habib Nurmagomedov said this, people cannot talk about comparing me versus Charles Oliveira. If you want to deserve the name greatest lightweight, he has to beat Islam Makachev, Benil Dariush, a couple more guys, and then we can talk. So the question is, Terrence, is he right? Is it unfair or premature to even have a conversation comparing Oliveira's current run with what Habib Nurmagomedov did as the champion at 155 pounds. One minute on the clock. Your time starts now. Um, I think he's wrong. I think Charles is better in my opinion. He throws hands. He's been finishing everyone. Like not just being on the fight win streak, like he's finishing people. A lot of Khabib's fights for decisions he didn't really start finishing people till the end you know so i don't i think he was he did great like he was undefeated but charles to me is looking like he's about to be the the go of our weight class in my opinion because he can strike he can grapple and he just really shown what a champion is like all his fights been entertaining i I haven't seen one boring fight from him so and i can name a couple boring fights i've seen of khabib so and so he kind of is right. I lied because they're not in the same playing field. So, so you think Oliver is better? Yes, sir. 100%. So if they fought right now, who would you favor? Charles. Damn. All right. Terrence McKenney bringing the heat. Bringing the hot take. No gray area. Jed, you might be replaced. T-Rex might be have a new nickname. So you heard the arguments. Jed, what is your response to this? I know you want to say something, so I'm going to let you as we tabulate the votes. This is a perfect time to to waste time before we get the votes. I disagree with just about everything Terrence just said. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, they got ever happened. Fortunately, it'll be easy to prove because at some point, Chucky Olives is going to have to fight Islam. Islam's going to run through him. So... It'll, and Islam's 80% of Habib, so that'll be pretty clear that, yeah, actually Habib was just the best. I think Habib is probably the best fighter I've ever seen in terms of level of maybe Valentina Shevchenko, if you're just talking about ability versus Pierce. Like, he is certainly in the conversation. What a great debate here. Go ahead, Terrence. We got to do a friendly bit. I, I stand Let's do it. On my ass. That Charles is the dog. I mean, let, let's do it. I'm happy to because I have Hell infinite yeah. confidence that Izumakchev is just going to dust him up. Something fierce. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. We have to I, discuss terms. Maybe we could have we, the listeners discuss terms here. We've got time because it might take like a year and a half or whatever. Because <laughs> no, one wants, no one wants to fight his up. No one wants to fight that dude. Like he's – I wouldn't want to fight him either. You agree with what you're saying. Then they need to start getting the – New faces in the yeah, the ranking. Get your shit moving. 
Yeah, Tony Ferguson is still in the top ten. Tony Ferguson's <laughs> not won a fight in like four years. Uh, All right. A lot to uh, unpack here. We're getting the the votes tabulated. Just some programming stuff real quick. Uh, tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern, back with another edition of Heck of a Morning. 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, the UFC Vegas 55 preview show. So stay tuned for that. We'll break down the fights, take questions, all that. 3.30 Eastern, which is much better than 7 p.m. Eastern, we'll have the People's Pre-Fight Show. Uh, answering your questions the entire half an hour before the first fight takes place. Post-fight show right after. I don't know if Jose's going to be there. I'm not really sure. But we'll figure it out and we'll let you know. And then AK and I will break things down from a matchmaking perspective Sunday on on to the next one. As you can see, the undefeated E. Casey Lydon on the bottom right-hand part of your screen. He is back on the program. Casey, did you enjoy your vacation, my friend? It was a wonderful vacation. I got to visit beautiful Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, I visited the Jackson Wink gym, you know, got a little sweaty in there. It was fun. It was good times, good times. But I'm back. I'm here for this. This is I'm here for this is this is the real this is the real competition right here. Are you, That's right. are you sharpening the tools, Casey? Are you about to fight Terrence? Is that what's happening? No, no. <laughs> breaking news? <laughs> I mean I mean we, we can do a catch weight. Yeah, we <laughs> Casey, walk oh, 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 I'm, I'm getting really bad reception here. I'm in a tunnel. I can't hear anything. Oh, oh I lost it. Oh, I'm out. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Casey, you are here to do a job, and your job is to let the people know how the peeps ruled. So who got this thing done? Is it All Jed Bashu right. building the win total, or is it Terrence McKinney coming in on short notice doing the damn thing once again? We have our results, and we do have a winner. Your winner. Oops. <laughs> Down road. There it is. We know who won, of course. Mr. Short Notice, Terrence McKinney. Yeah. Terrence McKinney gets it done. What was the numbers? Oh, it was it was a blowout. It was it was a 10-7. It was it was very much like how I fight. It was just total dominance. Uh, oh, oh, 65. Total dominance. Congratulations, Rikini. Short notice. That's how you do it. Short notice. Just come in there. Boom. You do it. That's because everyone knows Charles is the goat, man. They don't like the answer. <laughs> there you go. Remember the name. You got to stop doubting Charles, my man. So now we have. So, Terrence, Not the winner of the show. You, 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 so you don't get any money here, unfortunately, but uh, you do get 30 <laughs> seconds to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. You want to talk about MMA? You want to talk about something else? You want to send a positive message to the people? We could do that. And also, I'm going to I'm gonna incorporate a new rule that when this fight is booked between Islam Makachev and Charles Oliveira, you get to make the stakes. How about that? But okay, one step that, at a time. That, I just want to say shout out to God and... Shout out to anyone battling a mental health problems and know that I'm here for you guys and you're not alone. And most importantly, shout out to God for just keeping me alive every day and keeping me motivated, the fans, and shout out to Warrior Camp and shout out to the viewers here today. Thank you guys for your time. And shout out to you, Terrence, for doing this. Shout out to Ed Cap for making this thing happen. Jed, shout out to you. Again, worthy opponent. Uh, did not come away with the people's vote here. What is your reaction to how this all played out? You know, people are a bunch of haters come spitting facts. I'm, so I'm sorry. Like, I know you don't like that Habib's the best, but he's the best. And that's just what's up. Like, I'm sorry, Jed. You know, I'm just the people's champ, man. Maybe next time. That's okay. <laughs> Mishu McKinney, too. Coming to a YouTube channel near you. So get ready. I'm not confident looking at the stats that I deserve a rematch. Much like, you know, Michael Chandler doesn't deserve a rematch for Charles Oliveira was trying to do that. Like, it's not necessary. Well, there you have it, everybody. I'll we appreciate all of you watching. So Go ahead, Terrence. I'm sorry. I said I'd rather Dustin get the rematch. I think he competed the, the best against Charles compared to anyone else. Maybe. Maybe uh, he fights July 30th and earns that shot. But you could hit the music, Casey. There it is. There it is, everybody. That means we are out of here. I will see you guys tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. Thank you to Casey on the production side. For Jed, for Terrence McKitty, I am Mike Keck. We'll see you back here next week right here on Between the Links. Good night, everybody.
Yes, sir. Stay go. blessed, boy. This has been Between the Links. I'm Esterlin. Congratulations, Mr. Burgini. You rule. General Shu, you suck. <laughs> <laughs>